The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. with Wings Productions presents episode 14 of the Skylark Bell Wingspan. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our previous episode, Magpie read a letter from her departed father. In today's episode, we read chapter 14, Swan Dive, where Lucas explores the land surrounding Carnifex House with Cormorant and is shocked to find a familiar item in a mysterious little antique shop. Now it's time to get settled in. Grab a blanket, a warm drink. We're getting started. You look like you've been riding your whole life, says Magpie, shielding her eyes from the sun to look up at Lucas, who's sitting proudly on Cormorant's back. Lucas has built a bond with Cormorant over the past few weeks, and they've been going for long rides exploring the area around Carnifex House and the small seaside town of Pockage. "'Where will you be going today?' asks Magpie, smiling. She recalls how she and Lucas spent the entire summer exploring the year she moved to Pocket. It seems like a lifetime ago. They're both older now, but Lucas still has that same taste for adventure. "'I think I'm going to head down to the beach.' Then take the main road up and check out the gardens at Goldcrest Manor, he says, looking down at Magpie and admiring the way the sun falling on her hair turns it a fiery shade of orange. I'll be back in time for dinner, he says over his shoulder, as he and Cormorant head out. Lucas and Magpie have decided to eat a fancy home-cooked dinner from their patio, and Lucas is secretly planning to propose with the small feather ring, which is still safely tucked away in his pocket. Magpie waves goodbye and watches Lucas and Cormorant until they are out of sight before turning and heading back toward the house. Lucas and Cormorant make their way down the winding path to the beach. The sun shines through a soft brush stroke of clouds and a gentle breeze makes the tall grasses on either side of the dirt path sway like they're dancing to music no one else can hear. At last, Lucas and Cormorant reach the bottom of the hill, and the ocean opens up before them, caressing the sandy beach with each rolling wave. Lucas guides Cormorant toward the left, away from town, and follows the shoreline. Up ahead, he sees a massive bird dive into the ocean, promptly coming up with a silvery fish in its beak. 
then using its massive wingspan to lift back up into the sky. A gannet, Lucas thinks, remembering the time Manon had pointed one out to him. They had been talking about local wildlife that day, and she had been teaching him French words for some of the animals. Chevreuil, she would say, when they'd see a deer. Then she'd giggle when he tried and failed to pronounce it as well as her. One time they saw a large crow on a fence post behind Carnifex house. Un corbeau, said Manon, turning to Lucas with expectation. I can say that one, he had laughed before shouting, Un corbeau, scaring the shiny black bird back into the sky. The sound of stones landing in the water brings Lucas's attention back to the beach. Up ahead, a small boy is trying his best to skip rocks into the oncoming waves. A tall, slim man dressed entirely in black keeps watch from a distance. As Lucas approaches, the boy looks up at him with unusually large blue eyes. Hello, he says with a perfect English accent. Hi there, says Lucas. Daddy, shouts the boy. I think he's from America. At this point, the boy's father is only a few steps away. He smiles kindly at Lucas, but remains silent. You have a big, weird horse, says the boy, very matter-of-fact. Indeed, I do, laughs Lucas. You shouldn't go into the forest, says the boy, his voice taking on a very serious tone. Lucas furrows his brow. He has no intention of riding through the woods today. But why would this little boy say that to him? All right, Ash, time to head home, says the man, giving Lucas a sharp nod before tapping the boy on the shoulder. Goodbye, man from America with the big weird horse, shouts the boy, laughing as he skips away down the shore. Lucas shakes his head, watching as the boy and his father disappear up a grassy path away from the beach. All right, Cormorant, how about we head toward town, he asks the horse. Cormorant's ears wave back and forth, catching Lucas's words off the wind. Lucas pivots the horse, and they follow the shoreline back toward town. Lucas breathes in the cool, salty air, marveling at the beauty of the island. He comes around the bend and sees the bright colors of downtown Pockage up ahead. Squinting in the distance, he notices a small structure tucked away behind the sky-blue bakery. He's never noticed the small wooden house before, having never come into town from this direction. He pulls up to the house and reads the sign above the door. Swan Dive Antiques. Let's go check it out, he says, excited to have discovered something new. He guides Cormorant toward the back of the shop and ties him to a fence post. I'll be right back, okay, he says, patting the horse's neck gently. He walks around to the front of the building and lets himself in. Inside, the low-lit shop is chock full of antiques, everything from large pieces of furniture to stacks of chairs, vintage blankets, trinkets, and jewelry. You're looking for a gift, says a voice from the back of the store. Lucas squints into the darkness before taking a few tentative steps further into the shop. A woman steps forward into the light, a delicate smile on her face. Actually, 
I'm not really looking for anything in particular. I was just out for a horse ride and noticed your shop. I've never seen it before. You are kind of hidden from the main road, he says. The woman's smile stretches a little more. Those who need me know where to find me, she says. My name is Shelta. It's lovely to meet you. She lets her voice trail, giving Lucas a chance to introduce himself. Lucas, he replies. My girlfriend and I live up at Carnifex House, he says, fumbling with the world girlfriend, all while bracing for the woman's reaction at the mention of Carnifex House. Unlike the other villagers, she doesn't even flinch, and instead motions for him to follow her to a display case at the back of the store, her leather lace-up boots echoing on the wood floor. Perhaps your girlfriend would appreciate one of these, she says, turning on the small built-in lights so he can see the contents of the glass case. An eclectic array of belongings is displayed on velvet mats, ranging from vintage costume jewelry to silver spoons, old engagement rings, antique writing quills with ink wells, and a variety of stones and crystals which, according to the small handwritten sign next to them, have various healing and magical properties. A small figurine shaped like a bird whittled out of wood catches his eye, and he's about to ask the shopkeeper to look at it when a sound above his head makes him look up. Hanging from the rafters in the ceiling are several wind chimes and bells, and one in particular causes Lucas to gasp. He would recognize it anywhere, even in a low-lit hidden antique shop an ocean away from Meadow Lane. There, hanging from the end of a long cobalt-blue velvet ribbon, is the Skylark Bell. What on earth? he whispers to himself. Ah, yes, this item is very old indeed. Some say it dates back to the time of the Druids, says the shopkeeper, her smile never leaving her face. Lucas is too shocked to respond. Perhaps this would make a nice addition to your home. It has a beautiful sound, she adds. Lucas nods as if in a dream state. The woman unties the end of the ribbon, setting the bell free. She gently wraps it with some pale blue tissue paper before stretching her arm across the counter to hand it to Lucas. Consider this a welcome gift, she says, in a tone that leaves no room for discussion, her eyes fixated on Lucas's face like she can see right through him. Uh, th thank you, he stutters, still stunned before placing the bell in his coat pocket. I'm afraid it's time for me to close now, she says, her smile never faltering. Lucas nods and heads back out the door. He has barely come down the front steps when he hears the loud click of the deadbolt in the door as the remaining lights in the shop go dark. Lucas looks up at the darkening sky. What time is it, he wonders. He didn't think he'd been in the store all that long. He scurries to the back and is relieved to see Cormorant standing patiently next to the fence post. Time to head home, old friend, he says, lifting himself gently into the saddle. Lucas and Cormorant walk briskly toward the main road that climbs the cliff above the town, Lucas making note of how rapidly daylight is fading from the sky above.
Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Wingspan Chapter 15, Gateway, where Lucas and Cormorant take a turn that will change the course of their lives and magpies forever. Before I go, I'd like to thank Fate and Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story, as well as Canal for composing equally fantastic and eerie music. If you're enjoying my story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. You can also support my work through a donation or by subscribing to my Patreon. There, you can get early access to episodes, as well as MP3 downloads of the music, artwork, writing, previews, and a whole lot more. Check the show notes for links. Thank you.